Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Tom Moran here from Tom's Big Spiders. First off, a huge thank you to everybody that responded to my last podcast. It's funny because that was one of the ones that I finished. And although I thought I had some good information in it, I was like, who is going to even care about this one? And that's one of the funny things about the podcast is it's sometimes difficult for me to predict which ones are going to connect with people and which ones aren't. And sometimes I do a podcast, I get done with it and go, well, I thought it was pretty good. And the person who asked the question hopefully will enjoy it, but maybe many others will not. And in this case, it seems like a lot of people had a very positive response to it. Apparently, a lot of people have really gone through these you know, crises of confidence where they start to second guess their ability to keep these animals. And in a way, I think that's good because I honestly think one of the biggest issues that we have in the hobby are folks who don't bother to worry about the care that don't seem to, when they lose something, they don't seem to think it through and try to figure out, could I have done something different? The ones that kind of just do the same thing from day one, they read something on a care sheet, they set it up that way. And if the spider doesn't do well, oh, well, I'll just get another one, do the same thing again. There are unfortunately people out there like that. But the one thing I've enjoyed with the Tom's Big Spider stuff, whether it be through the website, the podcast, or the my YouTube channel is that I tend to attract folks that are looking for information that do want to improve things. I had one of the best compliments I've ever received the other day on a video where somebody came on and he goes, I've had 20 years experience. I still watch your channel and pick stuff up. And that means a, a tremendous amount because I've always worried for many years. And I've alluded to this, that people will outgrow me as far as, all right, you know what? We've watched him rehouse. How many spiders now? I have a huge collection of my own. I really don't need to hear from him. And I would understand that. I, I can definitely see, you know, folks kind of gravitating away. And going, you know what, I really don't need this anymore. But the fact that people still watch and still pick stuff up, that's awesome. And I'm still picking stuff up. There's still, I'm always dabbling. That's why, you know, I don't see myself ever running out of material. Because I, the way I see it, there is always something I can fix. And, you know, as part of that topic, I am one of those people that when something goes wrong, I do come down on myself very, very hard. And I have a hard time getting over it and just walking away from it going, oh, well, I lost one. I'll just get another one. That's not how my mind works. I mean, these are animals. They're in my care. And if they do not thrive, if something dies unexpectedly, that that kills me. That's a tough one for me to take. So I'm constantly revisiting, could I have done something differently? You know, troubleshooting. And it sounds like a lot of you do the same thing. So I guess that's great in a way because we're going to continue to learn. We're going to continue to tweak our husbandry. We're going to continue to take in new information and see if there's anything useful to be gleaned from it. The downside is we're going to stress out a lot more than some of the folks that just kind of go, oh, well, my spider died moving on. Uh, so again, thanks so much for responding to that. I it really, it was, I was kind of shocked because I thought this was going to be one of these ones where it's like, you know, a few people go, oh yeah, it was nice and move on. But a lot of people really, you know, took the time to comment. So I appreciate that. For today, we're going to do something a little more upbeat and a little more fun. I haven't done anything like this in a while. Uh, we're going to revisit my list of top favorite old world species. The reason why we're doing this is because for some reason, every once in a while on YouTube, one of the videos picks up, an older video picks up again, and I get a bunch of comments on it. And this has happened a few times where all of a sudden, you know, I'm answering comments and I get like five in a row on an old video. Like, where did this suddenly pop up from? I don't know if somebody shared it or if, you know, if it just the algorithm for YouTube just put it in a bunch of people's, you know, suggestions. I don't know how it happens, but every once in a while, one of the older ones pops up. And the last couple of weeks, I've been getting a lot of uh, messages and comments on top five favorite old world species. Now, I, you guys have heard my take on the top 10, top five lists. I don't like doing them only because A, people tend to get upset if their species aren't on them and they don't recognize, listen, this is just 
my top 10. And I also, people will take my list and go, Tom Moran said, these are the absolute best old worlds. And that's not what it is at all. It's just the ones that I have a particular affinity for, the ones in my collection that I happen to like. And I will tell you, it's these lists are incredibly difficult for me because I really do like every spider in my collection. There is nothing that I keep. I talk to people sometimes that'll go, yeah, I'm getting rid of some of my spiders that, you know, I'm not, not really, you know, a fan of or ones that, you know, not really impressed with. And I'm like shocked. And, and again, if you're one of those people, I, I it makes sense in, at some level. But for me, it's like I can't imagine that because if I raise something up, I love it regardless of what species it is. And even the species that I've alluded to before that I thought was a bit overrated and I've said that, you know, people love it, but it's not one of my favorites. I've grown to really like that one as well. So I honestly can't think of a spider that I've kept that I didn't wasn't happy that I kept. And the majority of them, the vast majority of them, once I've kept them, if one of them dies, like if I get a mature male or one of them dies of old age, I do want to keep them again. So it's a very tricky thing for me to do. I'm I'm looking at my list. The first time I did this was July 14, 2017. So it's been almost four years. I only did a top five. Not sure what I was on there because it's hard enough to, to limit them down to a top 10. But I did a top five. And I came up with some good ones and I, ones that still are on my favorites list. But unfortunately, to do this list again, we're going to have to throw, you know, mix things up a little bit. And some of the species that were on this will probably be moved around. They're all going to make it. So I don't want to, like, I don't want to be big time spoiler alert. If you go back and watch the old video, you'll know some of the ones are going to be on it. So we're going to mix them up a little bit. Honestly, it's more when I put this list together. I kind of listed the ones in my collection, and this could be a personal thing too, like the individual spider is a favorite. It's always tough trying to separate, all right, is this my favorite species or do I just absolutely adore this particular spider? So I kind of factored that in. I did kind of mix things up so that the five that are in there will not be one through five. It's it's kind of a randomized order. I put some of the ones that I really enjoy and that I enjoy keeping and that I will always have one in my collection and then kind of got down to the ones that I absolutely adore. So hopefully there'll be some surprises in here. And again, this isn't people, I know what's going to happen now. People are going to go, I am so shocked that's your number one. What about this one? Any one of these guys could be my number one at any given day. When I sat down, made the list, I kind of, you know, again, mixed up the old one, threw some new ones in there. I love all of these spiders. It's very difficult to pick a top five. It's difficult to pick a top 10, which is why I think I might have 13 here. So what we're going to do is just go through some of the ones in my collection that I absolutely love that I will always have in my collection. Now, to kick it off, the right off the bat, I'm obviously a huge fan of of Pisolotheria species, it's like it's almost like its own group to me. It's like you have tarantulas, and then you have Pisolotheria species. I absolutely adore them, and could easily fill up a list of the top fourteen species or fifteen species, whatever number of Pisolotheria are out there right now, and they would all make the list. So what I'm going to do, just to kind of make things more interesting, is almost kind of take Pisolotheria out of the mix for a bit and just cover it first. So again, for folks like, wait a minute, you love Pisolotheria? Why is it so early on the list? It's just because we're going to get them out of the way. Everybody knows I love Pisolotheria. This would be no surprise if we went down and all of them were Pisolotheria species for my top picks. So to focus on one, we. Will We'll continue with the Pivotata and why the Pivotata? Because it was my first pokey. Years ago, we picked one up from Jamie's Tarantulas. It was a three-inch sex female, and it was one of my first Old World species and definitely the first larger Old World species I ever kept, and I learned a lot from keeping that spider. I also learned that that was my first interaction with Pisolotheria and realized that what people had been saying about them, what I'd been reading about them, about the defensiveness, the craziness of them... I just wasn't seeing it. It was I. What I saw was a very 
regal, calm, uh, rather shy spider overall. Now, again, obviously, and we always got to put the caveat in there, temperaments may vary from spider to spider. I had somebody comment on my piece of theory of genus review the other day that I was putting misinformation out because he had one P. Metallica juvenile that was crazy. And I was like, dude, yes, you do. And I'm not discounting that, but I've kept many, you know, 13 different species, dozens of these guys, and I've never had issues. So obviously I think that when you look at temperament, we kind of sum it up. So any of these ones I talk about here, and I got to do my little disclaimer, any of these species I talk about here, I will probably say that mine are very calm and relaxed because that's what I've experienced. But obviously other people have had different experiences. I do believe with Old Worlds in particular, that if kept correctly, if given the space to burrow or to web and to stay away from humans, if given the opportunity, you will have a much, much more calm spider. So let's get that out of the way. So as far as my pivotata is concerned, I have two new females now that replaced my old female that died a couple of years ago, and they are still just as gorgeous. I would have a, as far as appearances are concerned, I absolutely adore the black, white, and gray spiders. There's another one coming up on the list for the same uh, same reason. And so therefore, the Vitatas and the Regalises are probably my favorites appearance-wise. But then again, I love the Rufaladas because I love green spiders. I love the the Subfusca because they're a little... It's tough. I Again, we could do a whole podcast and just my favorite piece of Lotharia species and you just hear me stumble over my words the entire time because I couldn't narrow it down. But Pivotata would definitely, we're going to get that out of the way. Love all my pokies. We're going to put Pivotata in there for my choice, but any, you could substitute any pokey. I love them to death. And now we can get onto the list of old worlds that I love that aren't Peace Lotharia species. So the next one up, again, going with the black, white, and gray theme, the H. Maculata. I got these rather late into my career because when it was a career, when, rather late into my keeping cycle. Because when I was first doing my research, I saw a picture of one like, this is stunning, almost had it in my cart. And that's when I started realizing the whole old world, new world thing. And all I read about these guys is that they can be very high strung. They are very fast and they can be defensive. And I have spoken to many people that do have ones that are rather defensive. I've been fortunate that I have two females. One that I picked up is a tiny sling and raised it up. The other one that I picked up, I think it was a sling, but I got it from a pet store. It was kind of a pet store rescue thing because I was hoping to get a female. I thought the other one, wasn't sure if the other one was female, picked up a second one. Anyway, both turned out to be females. And again, I what I've got is a spider that loves to do some webbing. And when I do the video version of this, I will be revisiting it in video version because it'll be fun. I haven't done a fun one in a while. Uh, you'll see the amount of webbing. Actually, one of them I set up in one of my first bioactive enclosures and it ended up killing all the plants with the copious amounts of webbing. So it's a heavy, both one of them's a heavy webber. The other one's done some decent amount of webbing, not over the top, but gorgeous spiders. When you catch them out, the contrast between the grays, the black and the white, it just for me, it's so stunning. I know folks love the blue ones and the green ones and the orange ones and the colorful ones, but there is just something about a slick black, white and gray spider. It's almost like with tattoos. You know, you like the color tattoos, but there's something about a really well done black, white, and gray tattoo or, you know, grayscale tattoo just really stands out. Same thing with spiders. I kind of, same aesthetic as far as I'm concerned. So, and this is obviously also Billy's favorite species, uh, partly due to the fact that, you know, infamous episode where she was helping me rehouse and gotten a little closer than I would have liked her to get with the spider. That was one that emphasized later on that I need to be a, a little better in my communication before we rehouse. But that's her favorite. One of my favorites always will be. I will always have one in my collection and one of those spiders that I kind of believe is almost a hobby staple that everybody that keeps old worlds, I want to put that in there because I know there's going to be folks out there that have either decided they will not be keeping old worlds, which I totally support that. Please don't, when people say that, don't jump all over them and say you're missing out. 
I think a lot of people eventually will come on over and pick some up. But for some people, it's just not in the cards. I totally get it. And maybe people that don't think they're ready yet, just keep these in mind for when you are starting to get into old worlds. The HMAC is one of those old worlds I think everybody that keeps old worlds should have kept at least once. Next one up on my list. Moved up quite a bit since I've got... And I shouldn't say moved up. Like I think my first experience with one was it was cut short by the fact that it ended up being a male is the only way I could put it. Like I was so excited and so convinced I had a female and it turned out to be a male. And I hate to, you know, love to all the males, love males. But this one was a bit of a bummer. But the next one on the list would be Idiotheli Mira or the Blue Foot Baboon or one of the only trapdoor hunting tarantulas that are we have, which I find to be incredibly fascinating. As a matter of fact, this one could easily bounce up a little further on the list because I think I'm. it's one of those ones I've kind of rediscovered because I had one years ago, turned out to be a male, ended up passing away. I have another one now praying it's female. It's already bigger than the other one was, but we shall see. And the first time I had not, somehow when I had been reading up and doing my research on these, I had not heard about the trapdoor aspect of them. I It completely eluded me that these guys created little trapdoors just like a trapdoor spider. They pop out, grab it, pull the prey, and disappear. And I happened to be trying to feed one one day, and I had my camera there, and I dropped the cricket, and I'm like, maybe it's not eating. It's it's obviously, it looks like it's filled up its burrow. And I was about to take the cricket out, and all of a sudden, the thing popped out of the trapdoor, grabbed the cricket, and pulled it back in. And I was like stunned. And I actually caught it on video. I was so excited about it. Well, since then, I've caught it two more times. I have a new one. Well, not that one. That one passed away, unfortunately. But my new one, I've caught two more times hunting. It's just amazing to watch. One of the coolest things. And again, all spiders have their own personalities. All spiders have their cool little things they do, whether they're webbing, whether they're burrowing. But that trap door, there's not a lot that do that. So to see it in action, to see how quick it is, to see those blue feet start to pop out. I got one of the things I recorded was in slow motion and that you see how quickly it popped out, grabbed that cricket, pulled it back in. It's like a blink of an eye. Totally cool spider. And the fact that it has blue feet. You can't, everybody loves blue tarantulas. It's a common known fact that people love the blue spiders. Those are the ones I show off to people that say spiders are ugly and icky and how can you keep so many of them and aren't they gross? And then you show them a picture of a blue spider and suddenly they're like, oh, oh my, they come like that in those kind of colors? What other colors do they come in? So blue feet, Trapdoor hunting, cute little spider. One of those ones that you know you don't see out all that much because it's in his burrow. But if you set up a camera during feeding time, you can definitely catch a glimpse of them. And you know even those two seconds you get that it pops out, or maybe even a second where it pops out, grabs a cricket, are totally worth the wait and worth keeping them. So Idiotheli Mira, Bluefoot Baboon, definitely on my list of top favorite old world species I keep. Now, the next one's obviously surrounded by some controversy, and the more I'm hearing about this, the more upset I'm getting. Um, it's the Birupis Cimaroxagorum. This is a species that has just entered the hobby, but unfortunately, it was also just discovered, and it sounds like it's still being pulled out of the wild. I've spoken to people, unfortunately, from other countries. I don't think it's so much of a problem in the U.S. because people are breeding them over here, so we have captive-bred adults, but this is one of those things where it, it's one of those spiders that I, I almost didn't put on the list because... I'm still, uh, how do I put I'm still conflicted. I'm still ethically conflicted about the fact that I have them. It took a lot of thought behind, you know, I had a chance to get them. I thought about it and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go for it. And it's one of those things I've never quite felt easy about because of the fact I know that they are being pulled out of the wild. I've actually spoken to several people from that region, from where they are from, who've said they've found people out there combing the woods for them, which is pitiful, which is sad. Anyway, mine are captive bred, but... Uh, gorgeous, gorgeous. You know, they had a while back. They came out with Kilobrocky species, Electric Blue, 
and they have those front, I believe it's the front four legs, correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the legs of the front and Clarissa have that blue sheen to them. That's just, it literally looks electric blue. It looks like if you touched it, it would zap you. It's, it's uncanny. Well, the Cimaroxagorum have that electric blue, possibly even more brilliant and more reactive to the light on all the legs. And this kind of like tannish cream color body, it just makes them pop. The other night, one of mine molted. She was out on the surface. I took the top off her enclosure. She was nice enough to pose for me, and I snapped a picture of her. The colors, I do, you don't even have to throw these on Photoshop. You don't have to do anything with the, the color. You don't have to jack it up and increase the saturation or increase the contrast. Just naturally right out of the, you know, taking a picture of the phone, they pop. Just gorgeous. And mine, the nicest part about them is a lot of times when you get those really gorgeous spiders, you don't see them all that much. Mine so far have been very visible from slings on. I see them all the time. I've gotten plenty of pictures of them, which is even better because a lot of times we get these blue spiders and I try to to tell people like I can't wait to get these like the H. Lividus who another great species blue species one of the first blue species everybody ever recognizes or sees and a lot of people are so excited to get them and then they realize if you keep them correctly you know and this is the way you avoid them being the the monsters that they've got the reputation for being if you keep them correctly give them room to burrow you don't see them out all that often not saying they're not a bad spider but for people that are impatient or want to see their spiders you don't get to see them all that much with the Cimaroxagorum, so far mine are, I'm assuming, young adults now. They're pushing about three inches or so. I see both of them out quite a bit. If you disturb them, they will bolt right to their burrows. So as far as other perks for them, they are obviously expensive spiders, but mine ate great grew very, very quickly. I guess the males can mature out in a year or so, which is awesome because if you're spending a lot of money on a spider, you want to know that it's going to grow quickly and get out of that little tiny sling stage faster, you know, as fast as possible so you can take a deep breath and enjoy the fact that your spider isn't just going to mysteriously die in a molt as a sling. But awesome spiders. I do hope we just establish a very good breeding population of them in the United States and Europe. I really hope they start stop pulling them out of the wild. But again, a species, you can't mention it without mentioning the controversy. And this will be a topic we talk about later on because somebody brought it up in, in terms of the last podcast about you know, crisis of confidence. Should we even be keeping these guys in the first place? And I think it was a good question, one that I want to cover, but I don't want to do too really kind of downer ones in a row. So we will cover that eventually. But B. Cimaroxagorum, definitely an amazing spider and one that has moved up quite a bit on my list as far as old world species. Now, the next one I featured recently in a video where I was doing my Harpactera species and rehousing them. And this is one that was a complete surprise. Again, I knew en enough about Harpactera species that I had an idea what I was getting into when I picked this one up. But to see it in person, it's amazing. That's the Harpactera cafraeriana or the amber baboon. Picked a few, uh, several species up of Harpactera species from Fear Not Tarantula several years ago. It's a kind of, I don't know, I just fell right in love with that genus and I've been trying to get them all or at least keep them all eventually. And this was one of the ones that when this one molted out and had its adult colors, I was stunned. They have a beautiful, I've heard them, I think the other name is uh, Cape Copper or something. There's some other name that's like copper color, but it almost, it looks more like an orangey, deep amber color. And I was actually able on, I think it was a feeding video I did recently with my Harpactera, I did some of my Harpactera species. My female was out and about, and Billy got some amazing footage where the color is just popping on her, just an awesome spider. And it was nice because in the comments, out of all these spiders I included in this video, that was the one that got the most notice. That's the one that got the most comments related to it. Like, my God, what is that spider? I've never seen it before, which was awesome because I love being able to introduce ones to people that 
most people haven't heard of or haven't seen before and kind of put them on people's radar. Again, I feel like I cost people so much money, but there's so much out there that when you just look up a picture of it on Google, you don't get the idea of how gorgeous it is. So this was one I was glad to kind of introduce to some people. It's one that I will definitely have in my collection. It's one that rivals another species that is on this list that gets all the notice as far as Harpactra. I'm sure some people can figure that one out pretty pretty blatant clue there. But anyway, absolutely love it. Mine did some burrowing as a sling, a little bit of burrowing as a juvenile. And now since it hit about the three, three and a half inch mark, it's usually right on the surface. Right now it did, when I rehoused it into its new enclosure, it did burrow for a bit and I didn't see her for a while. But then recently she's popped back up. She's on the top. She's been doing some webbing on the surface and she's been very visible, which is good because she is an absolutely stunning spider. And one of the good things about how Pactura is as far as the old world species, as far as the baboon species that have a terrible rep for being super defensive and flighty, which they can be very quick and flighty as slings. Once they put on some size, I've found that most of my Harpactra species are very, very calm, right? Yesterday, I did some feeding of them and changing their water dishes, and I took all my Harpactra species out, and all of them just sat right on the surface. They didn't bolt. They didn't run. They might have just scrunched up a little bit and kind of a you know stress pose, but for the most part, they didn't really react to me being there. I went and dropped the crickets in. They ate and they just sat there calm as can be while I changed water dishes out and everything, just almost like little pet rocks. A gorgeous little pet rocks though. So Harpactra cafariana, definitely good-looking spiders, ones that everybody needs to kind of check out. And if you can find them, I would definitely encourage you to pick a few up. You're not going to be disappointed at all. Next one up is a species that again kind of grew on me after my the second time keeping it. The first time I got it, I ended up with three slings. I believe about three slings. All three of them ended up being males, which was kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. Again, it's nothing. And I know there was a whole thing a while back of people saying, "Why do male everybody? Why does everybody hate the males?" I don't hate the males. I love them. I treat them just the same. I try to keep them as alive as long as possible. When possible, I get them out to breed and do what they need to do. It's just when you keep a spider and you know that you know you have a male that's going to live possibly two years and you have a female that's going to live 10 years, it's just wanting a pet that's going to be around a while. But anyway, the one we are talking about is Ceratogyrus darlingi or the rear horned baboon. I have two little girls that are absolutely adorable. Again, like the Harpactera species, these are tarantulas that are often mentioned when folks talk about the best quote unquote beginner old world species. And I say quote unquote, because I know there's folks out there that argue that any species can be a good beginner and we're not going to get into that whole debate or, you know, any species could be a good beginner old world. Again, not going to get into the debate, but for folks who want ones that generally, and again, generally have a more laid back temperament as far as the old worlds go, the Darlingis and even the Marshali that I have have been fantastic. I have one little girl that's in a critter keeper right now, a medium sized critter keeper that's going to be getting rehoused soon. And more often than not, although she has a complex set of tunnels beneath the surface of the substrate, she's webbed up a bit. She's usually sitting right outside and I get some really good pictures of her, which is awesome because they're adorable. They're little pinkish brownies, gray coloration. Those horns on the back look like alien, but they are so cool. They remind me of when you see the insects that get that fungus that takes them over and grows out of them. It reminds me of pictures you see of that because it just looks so foreign and just an awesome little spider. Again, they burrow, but if given, you know, this, the room to do so, they will burrow a, a very complex series of tunnels. Like I've, the majority of my tarantulas, they have one entrance to their burrow. They hide up in there. That's about it. What I've seen with the Darlingas, they're constantly creating kind of a Swiss cheese type labyrinth of tunnels in there that have different openings and sometimes they'll fill up an opening they'll create another opening I think one of my girls right now does only have one opening she filled her other one up the other one has three 
But while they were growing up, definitely some awesome combination of burrowing and webbing. So you get the best of both worlds. And usually when they're webbing, especially when they have room to burrow, it means you're going to see them out more webbing, which is great because they're adorable little spiders. And that's, you know, one thing you always got to take into consideration. I have one coming up on the list that you don't see all that much, but when you do see it, it makes it worth a while. But when you got one that you do see quite a bit, it makes it even better. So the Sea Darlingian, and the nice thing is I put up a couple of videos of these, and obviously there's a nice little fan club for them. There are people that absolutely adore the Ceratogyrus species, and I understand why now, because now I have my little Marshali that I just did a video of recently and absolutely adore her as well. That one obviously has a little straight horn. This one has the rear horn, the one that kind of curves back. I don't care what kind of horn it is. If a spider's got a horn, I dig it. So Sea Darlingi rear horn baboon, definitely on my list of favorite old world tarantulas. And again, a good one to check out if you're making that transition from keeping, you know, new world species to old world species. A lot of folks put these up there as a good one to kind of take that jump with. Now, the next one on my list is super difficult to find. I managed to buy two females that I hate to admit were probably wild caught. This is way back in the day before I knew there was a difference. So sadly, these were probably wild caught specimens that were juveniles at the time. But they've grown up into two beautiful females. And unfortunately, I can't find slings anywhere. Although somebody apparently had slings in and I missed out on it. And I am kicking myself in the butt. Like, I'm so upset about this because I've been looking for slings for years. Because I'd eventually love to get a male and breed these guys and get more into the hobby. Well, the one I'm talking about is Eucratocellus pockypus or the stout leg baboon. I have two females that are absolutely adorable. And I'll tell you, if there's such thing as a beginner baboon species... These guys would fit the bill. Both of them absolutely similar temperaments where they are shy, but every once in a while I'll open up their cages and they'll be on the top and they'll just kind of stand there. And it's the most adorable thing because they have those thick back legs, those thick hairy back legs for digging, which make them kind of remind, I think I've said this before, reminds me of the uh, mythological character Pan with the goat legs, or the, the satyr, just cool looking spiders but the temperaments like you, you you catch them out and they basically like the other day i came in one of them was sitting on top getting a drink of water so dry species arid species they like the, the substrate bone dry but they will come up and get a drink and she sat there and drank her water and she calmly turned around and just walked very slowly back to her little hole and went down her hole and that was it and then i threw a cricket in there and they make vertical tunnels which is really cool and she burst out of that ver vertical tunnel using those thick back legs grabbed that cricket and then just kind of backed into the tunnel slowly and just the most adorable thing and these are one of the ones that you look at and obviously I would not do this but it's one that you're like in the back of your mind like I would love to hold this one because it just looks so cuddly now I've never tried it and nor would I and nor would I encourage anybody to do it but it's just that type of spider that usually you don't think that about an old world species because in the back of your mind with an old world you know what they can do you know how fast they can move you know how potent the venom is so it doesn't even cross your mind with these guys with those fluffy back legs and with that really calm laid back temperament it does cross my mind again not going to do it. Don't want this to be confused. Tom Moran said he's going to handle no way, no how. It's just that's what response is elicited when I see one of these little girls out. And both of them did just molt recently, which was awesome. They're sporting those colors, but they almost have like goldish uh, carapace with the kind of goldish brown legs, just really cool looking spiders overall. It's just a darn shame that we can't find them anywhere in the hobby right now. So again, if anybody sees anybody selling slings of these, please let me know. I'd be incredibly grateful because I would like to roll the dice, try to get a male and get a couple sacks out of these females because I'm so afraid it's going to be one of these situations where these old girls eventually pass away from old age and that's it. I never see them again. So Epacupus, Stout Leg Baboon, really high up there on my list of favorite old world tarantulas. Next species, 
one that will probably not be included in the video because I have not gotten any or been able to obtain any footage of it in about, oh God, we're probably going on three years now. The most I was able to get was its front legs. I did see it burst out of its burrow to grab a cricket once, and I was trying to do a feeding video on it. I was all excited, and then I realized that I had never pressed record on the camera, so I didn't catch it. But the next one up is Selena Cosmia or Phlogius crassipes. I've seen it put both ways. Apparently, the, the Phlogius did not fly. That that change was never made official. It is Selena Cosmia, but people in Australia often call it Phlogius crassipes. It's like the Whistling Spider or the Queensland. There's a bunch of different common names for it. And there's a bunch of different variations like species being sold of it, uh, different locales. But an amazing spider. One from, obviously, Australia. One of the only Australian species I've been able to obtain. They're very difficult to get here in the United States because from what I've gathered, there were only a very limited number of them legally exported out of Australia to the United States several years ago. And the majority of the ones we have over there here are from those, but awesome spiders, really cool. A little, it's, it's weird. Cause they're, they grow pretty quickly at first and then it slows way down. They're supposedly a very long lived spider. And I can definitely see that because my female now is probably right around the five inch range or so. And I've had her for about eh, probably about five or six years. And supposedly they get to be about eight inches. Now, I don't know if that's accurate or if that's one of those things we tend to exaggerate the size, max size of our spiders all the time. But I have heard they get to be at least six or seven inches or though. And she's still got a ways to go before she hits that. But awesome spider are definitely a fossorial species. If given the room to dig, you barely see them. This was one of the spiders, one of the first old worlds I got years back. It ended up being a male, unfortunately. And I had footage of it. Basically, I was trying to do a feeding video. The spider was in its hole, had two different holes uh, in its burrow. And I dropped a cricket in and the spider burst out, missed the cricket, shot back in the other hole in the blink of an eye. It was one of the fastest. That was what drove home to me how quickly old world species could move. Like that was a wake up call to me because I realized that if you watch the video, the spider jumps, runs around the thing, goes back down the other tunnel, and then I jerked the camera out because I was startled. So that spider could have been up and on me before I even would have reacted. That's what really proved to me that it didn't matter how good my reaction times were, how good I thought my reaction times were. They are nothing compared to a speed of a tarantula. But awesome spiders, very sleek looking brown ones. I know people aren't a huge fan of the brown ones, but they're just a look to them. And it's an Australian species. So if you're in the United States and you're trying to grab, you know, tarantulas from all over the world and try to get ones from all the continents that currently have tarantulas on them, it's definitely a must grab. I have not seen the whistling. Supposedly, they can uh, stridulate, but unfortunately, with the ones I've kept, and I've had a couple different species and subspecies of them, I haven't seen any of this myself, but I've talked to other people, and I was somebody that was in Australia that was able to keep one, because unfortunately, they can only keep the species that are in Australia, and they said they had seen that behavior for theirs before, and it was very impressive. So I honestly hope I don't see it, because it means I probably startled it or caught it out in the open, and that's something I, not something I want to do. I don't want to, you know, really angry spider, but it, it would be kind of cool to see. And then one other thing to note with these guys that it tends to turn people off to them is that the bite is supposedly 100% lethal to dogs. I don't know if this has something to do with the fact that they probably encountered dingoes in the wild and that that could have been something to, you know, that evolved to help them protect themselves against that type of predator. Who knows? It just seems kind of weird that they'd have that animal there and the venom would be that lethal because as far as we know with other species, there's not a lot of samples of dogs being bit by old world species, but I've heard of cats being bitten by OBTs. They survive. In this case, if you get bit by it, it's, you know, you're in trouble. So make sure I've had people tell me they will never keep the species because of that. But my thing would be if, you, if you're if you careful, you give it the room to dig, you give it the correct 
setup, it should never be an issue. So S or P Crassipi is definitely one of my favorite old world tarantulas, and I will always have one of these guys in my collection. Now, next one up, this one could easily be the number one on any given day. My female is one of my favorite all-time spiders. I think she appeared on my list of just the favorite spiders or tarantulas that I keep. And the genus is one of my favorite uh, genera of tarantulas. I have a couple species on the list I love. It's a tough one because, this, again, it could easily be number one. But I, because it already appeared on an early, on that video I did, I tried to move it around a little bit just to make it more interesting. But that would be the Harpactera pulcherpes, the golden blue leg baboon. Just an amazing spider. And again, now as I'm starting to talk about the spider, I'm thinking, man, why wasn't this number one? But just so cool. A, they're beautiful. They're absolutely gorgeous. Even the females. And the one thing I always like to point out is that the pictures you see online where they have the super glowing blue leg eggs and the super glowing blue bodies that's either after molt and usually a younger spider because as they get older my older female has started to i don't want to say wash out but the colors are a bit more muted nowadays she's still a gorgeous spider and she's a total sweetheart and every one of these i have raised so far has been a total sweetheart granted as slings they are super fast and they will bolt one of the only species ever the only spider to ever get out and get on me during rehousing and it was kind of i was it was my fault completely it was one of those things i almost saw coming at one point, but I was doing a rehousing of a sling and it shot up my hand when on my back it was down the back of my leg. I had to have Billy come over and cup it. The only time that's ever happened. We kind of got a good dig, a giggle out of it because that thing really was like, it was on my back. I'm like, okay. So, but as they get older, most of them, again, temperaments may vary, but most of them calm down. I think I've had four or five now and they hit that juvenile spot and they can be a little shy, but Overall, you'll catch them out in the open quite a bit, which is great because they are gorgeous. They will do some burrowing early on. Some of them will continue the burrowing. They will do some webbing up top, which is great because there's nothing like that. Those blue legs and those you know golden body against the white to really make the colors pop. Just an amazing spider. My female, I'm looking over at my female now, and she's just such a sweetheart. So calm. Again, one of those ones that for you know that you look at and you're like oh I could handle you would never do it but she's such a sweetheart and then I have another one that's a little more shy it looks like it's going to be female that I'm raising up that one again I'll catch out in the open in the worst case scenario I'll open the cage and she'll get caught out in the open and she'll do the little stress pose which is so pathetic like the poor thing but normally we'll just stay in her burrow and kind of hide and then I'll catch her out during the daytime great eaters grow fairly quickly Beautiful colors, and again, one of those species that many of us will talk about being a good beginner species as far as old worlds go because of the fact that their temperaments are fairly predictable. Now, most I have when I post up a video about these guys a while back, I think I did one of my husbandry videos on it where I kind of polled people about what they found is in terms of of behavior on them. And the majority of the people did say they were calm. And then there was a group of people in the middle that said there's a little bit skittish, but not defensive. And there was a small percentage that said they were defensive. So just to keep that in mind, if you pick one up, the majority of them do seem to be rather laid back, especially if you give them room to burrow and to do some webbing up top, which means putting them in a deeper container. But awesome spiders. Again, as I'm going through all this now, and as I'm staring at my little girl across the room, Probably could have been number one, probably should have been number one. I know there's people who are going to be on there like, how could this not be number one? Get me on a different day, it'll be number one. Again, with this list, it's not set in stone. I could honestly take these guys, put their you know names in a hat, shake it up and draw them out, and that would be the order. of the, it, it, it would make about as much sense as what I did here. It's just kind of as we get toward the bottom, the ones I usually have one particular spider that I absolutely adore, so it's a little higher up in the list. So H. Pulcherpes, amazing spiders. Uh, the best part is they're actually fairly 
inexpensive overall now, at least here in the United States. Back when I first got mine, it was they were quite expensive. I remember I got I had an email I was on a waiting list for some of the first that came to the United States, and they were originally four hundred and fifty bucks a piece for a sling. I was like, no way. So I waited about a year, picked one up. I think my first female was around two hundred dollars. She was a sex female, and I also got a sling, and that was about one hundred and fifty or hundred. And I thought that was a good price then, but now they're a little a little less expensive, so more people are getting, which is great because I honestly think this should be one that's going to be, you know, should be at some point a hobby staple. Now the next one up again could be number one, and I just mixed it up a bit to kind of make it interesting. It's one of my all-time favorite spiders. It is the one that I've used in my logo for many years. That would be the. O. Philippinus or the Philippine tangerine or Phanacus Philippinus. Love this spider. Gorgeous, sleek, lithe. Just, you know, you have the furry spiders, which I find adorable. And then I really like the spiders that look like they're almost velvety. And this is one of those ones that the hairs are so short that it looks like velvety. They have this beautiful orange tinge to them, especially right after a molt and especially when they're younger. Again, like some of the other spiders out there with the really nice colors, when they get older, this, the colors tend to mute out a little bit. But even my older female, before she passed away still had quite a pop to her just amazing spiders i have two now two of the slings left from my female that unfortunately died that was a sad story that i shared a while back where she basically took wonderful care of her sling she had a phantom after she after she had her slings she made another egg sac and i thought it was either a phantom one or she had somehow double clutch it ended up that she guarded this egg sac, would not eat, would not drink, and she ended up getting so weak that she died. And when I opened up the egg sac, it was filled with dirt. And it was the most heart-wrenching thing I think I've ever seen while keeping this poor girl. Her mother instant, motherly instincts, they never went away. So when I took her sack away, which I felt terribly about, she just made a new one out of dirt and carried it around and basically wasted away. It was it was pathetic, and it still bothers me. I still have, I have a video that I did with it, and I just never could bring myself to post it because it made me so upset. So I love this girl, but luckily I have two of her slings now, and I just got another sling for a freebie. So these guys will always be in my collection. One of the first old worlds I ever picked up, and I remember just being enamored. I love the color orange, being enamored with that orange coloration and they've just great hunters grow decent say medium growth rate overall but you know again having ones from the philippines and i have a lot of filipino listeners and viewers over on youtube and it's cool because they come on and i had somebody the other day that said yeah i've actually seen one of these in a while we caught one a while back and you know we released it but we don't see them all that often that would be really cool to actually see one of these guys out you know doing their business out in the in the real world but awesome spiders little high strung they're fast they're elusive they're i've had some defensiveness from basically what happened was I opened it up I dropped crickets in I startled the spider and I got a little threat pose but more often than not they'd rather bolt to their burrows than stand and fight I know when I first started posting stuff about people were telling me about how terribly defensive theirs were I have not had that issue very skittish yes will they throw up a threat posture if cornered and they can't get their burrow yes but nothing that I don't think anybody with some experience can handle so Obviously, this one's near and dear to me because it's in my logo. It will forever be in my logo. So the O. Philippinus definitely, or Philippine tangerine, definitely one of my top favorite old world species. Now, the next one on the list is a rather new addition to my collection. I think I picked these up about a little over a year ago, but I immediately became enamored with them when I saw footage of them out in the wild. There's footage of them living almost communally, very close proximity of each other and it looks like they were eating these big millipedes and there was plenty of millipede shells everywhere so it looked like there was plenty of these millipedes to feed them so you had a bunch of spiders in an area just amazing chetapelma olivaceum or the i believe black furry or the middle eastern 
Gold, I think are two of the names for them. There's a couple of different names. And depending on where they come from, Jerusalem Gold, I think is one, Black Tarantula, Middle East Black, all different ones. And I guess depending on the region, they can be darker or lighter. This is also one of the only European tarantulas out there, which again, if you're trying to collect tarantulas from each continent that has tarantulas, one you absolutely have to have, but awesome little spiders, very quick. Um, defensive mine have not been, but they have a big reputation for being very defensive and having no issues throwing up a threat posture. Uh, apparently folks that have seen them, I have many folks come forward that have these where locally where they are. And they said that if you catch them out, they can be a little nasty, but you know, again, that's, you're caught out in the open, you're a spider, big human there. I can see that. I've also spoken to other people that have kept them that said theirs can be a little high strong. I've been fortunate. Mine are very quick and very, very skittish, but I have not had any threat postures from them yet. Both of them, I believe, now I, what I've been reading about these guys is they're a dwarf species. I believe they get to be about three inches or so, but feel free, anybody that has an adult, chime in on this because trying to find the sizes of these spiders when you're raising me, you have one person say they're six inches, another person says they're two. It's always somewhere in the middle, but mine right now are about probably about two and a half inches or so. They just both molted again. They have these deep, rich blacks that are almost, I took a picture of one of them. There's almost blue tones to it. Just stunning spiders. Again, one of the velvety ones, slick, lot of personality. They do some burrowing as slings, as juveniles now. Mine have, one of them has a burrow that it uses, but it's out and about most of the time and then just retreats to the burrow when it's disturbed. The other one has a burrow, but is almost never in it, which makes feeding fun because it has sprinted around its enclosure before and given me a bit of a run for my money. Never gotten out, but one of those ones that you go to open, drop a cricket in, it starts circling so you quickly close the enclosure so it doesn't come out. But awesome looking spiders. I am going to be rehousing these two soon. So folks that are interested in seeing what mine look like, I'll be setting them up in their adult enclosures. And hopefully I'd get some good footage of them there to show them off. But the nice thing is this is one of those ones I put a husbandry video up a little while back. And every once in a while, you can tell certain spiders nobody's ever heard of or not that interested in. So you put a video up and you can tell there's not going to be a lot of interest. But I always like to have it there for folks to get it. That's the point of doing all these videos and podcasts so that the information is there for people that need them. So I'm not really don't really care if a bunch of people jump on and go, yay, awesome video. It's more about having that there for people that are looking for it. But in this case, I was actually surprised and pleasantly surprised by how many people chimed in and said that they either kept them or see them in the wild or love the species. So I'm glad it's not just me because it is one of those ones. Obviously, if you look at them online, they're, you know, the black to a goldish brownish color. There's a different, different variations of them, but just such cool spiders really neat. And again, after seeing that footage of them in the wild, I was just absolutely enamored with them. I couldn't wait to get some and I had a couple fall through finally got my two and definitely a species I hope to breed sometime in the future because I want to get more of them out there if you make them if you make them cheap enough people will try them out I think that's the problem with some of these species is that they're a little more pricey for slings people look at them going "Eh, I'm not really sold and they don't give them a shot I know that's the way I was with these the first time I saw them was years ago and I'm like not really interested then I saw the footage of them out in a wild and it was like I have to own these so Chitapelma Alivasium Awesome spiders, one of my favorites in my collection right now. I mean, just across the board, and one that I really do hope people, you know, give it. Those that are into old world species, what's cooler than having one that can be from Europe? You know, definitely give them a shot if you have the opportunity. All right, the next one on the list is another one that could absolutely be number one, probably should be number one. There's there's a handful of spiders on here that I think really deserve the spot of number one. And if I do this again in another five years, possibly one of these will get it. Next one up, everybody's favorite communal species, Monocentropus balfourii or the Socotra Island blue baboon. 
I mean, what could I possibly say about these that everybody doesn't already know? They are a blue tarantula. They are one of the few tarantulas that have proven to be to live communally in captivity very well. I mean, that's obviously, and again, there's going to be somebody that comes on and goes, oh, mine didn't work out. I totally get it. And that's one of the things with communals. They're like any t- group of animal that, you know, put me with the wrong group of people and there's going to be friction. But uh, overall, overwhelmingly, the people that have tried to keep them in communals have had great experiences with them. Mine, I started off with nine years ago with the the whole point of me getting them was to track whether or not these guys did do well communally to record everything that I could about the experience to observe and put down notes. So anybody trying these guys as a communal would have that to lean back on because there was a lot of people that had started communals with them, but nobody had really followed it from start to finish. Like here they are slings, here they are month one, month two, you know, and that's what we tried to do the first year and then spread it out a little bit the second year. But they're all with the exception of the males that some of the males have passed. I still, I believe have two males left. The rest of them are all doing great. I don't see them all that much anymore, but some of the footage that I've caught of these is some of the most rewarding footage I've ever caught in the hobby. Some of the most rewarding things I've ever witnessed in the hobby. Some of the just the dominant behaviors I've seen on them fighting over food even, which almost gave me a heart attack, but watching how it ended peacefully and the spiders went, the one that got the food snatched from it. And they, they had this little thing where they fought over the food and one of them ended up on top of the other one. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to lose a spider. Nope. It just grabbed the cricket, walked away and the other spider went, grabbed another cricket and they ate fine. To watch the things like petting each other and the males trying to breed each other when there weren't females around. There were so many interesting things about these guys. So the communal aspect definitely jacks them up as far as, you know, being one of the coolest, not only the coolest old world species out there, but one of the absolute coolest spiders available on the market. I mean, it's almost like what's cooler than a spider that has blue on it? How about a spider that has blue on it that you can keep with a bunch of other blue spiders? And I've got, you know, some of the coolest stuff, the pictures I have to date are all of them sitting on the top of their enclosure and all those blue legs and all that sea of blue, the males, the females, just stunning. And by themselves, they're still gorgeous. There are species that will do some burrowing. I have an older female that I kept by herself that was a little more slow growing. And that was one of the cool things that came out of the little, you know, experiment with the communal setup is the communal ones grew quickly. They matured quickly. The ones I kept by themselves took a lot longer to grow. So they seemed to benefit from that close social contact, which was really cool to observe. But my female was awesome. She's still, she's a big girl now. I catch her out every once in a while. She has kind of a little burrow with some web up top. Stays out of sight most of the time, and most of mine right now, for the past several months, have been out of sight. We'll see if they start popping up more when it gets a little more hot and humid here. It's usually when you see more of them. But the M. Balfouri, I don't even think I need to explain this. If anybody's seen the spider or seen, you know, there's a million videos out there now of them being kept communally. Check out some of those videos. It's kind of like Nuff said. Pictures worth a thousand words. Moving pictures worth, I don't know, a hundred thousand words. And there's a bunch of moving pictures out there you can see of them. So definitely check them out. Awesome species and one that I thoroughly believe is a hobby staple and one that I think is a good introduction to old world species because they are very hardy spiders that if given the space to burrow and do some webbing, you shouldn't have any real difficulties with them as far as defensiveness. So M. Balfouri, the Socotra Island Blue Baboon, one of the absolute coolest spiders on the planet and one of my top all-time favorite old world species. And finally, we come to the last species on this list, which will be my number one for just, it'll be number one until I go to, you know, polish up this podcast and do the editing. And I go, wait a minute, why didn't I make this one number one? Again, 
I, my caveat is this could change. Any species on this could be number one at any given time. However, with this one, it was one of the first old worlds I ever acquired. It first old world species I ever acquired. I had gotten three of them way back in the day, fell in love with them. And I have one that I raised up from a sling that is a beautiful, fiery orange female that is just easily one of my favorite spiders. She's a sweetheart for the species, especially Considering how demonized it is, you guys all know where I'm going with this now. It's the Torino Chylus murinus, or the OBT, if you're talking about the orange version, which is what my girl is, but there are obviously many versions of the spider out there. I absolutely adore it. And it's one of those spiders that there's so much controversy around. I even did one of my tarantula controversy articles on it back in the day, because this is the one that causes so much friction on boards and in message groups, because as soon as somebody says, hey, I'm new to the hobby, I just got a P. Murinus, or I just got an OBT, everybody freaks the heck out because they have such a reputation for being nasty defensive spiders. However, let me start it off by saying that in my experience and having spoken to many other keepers that have seen the same thing, if you give them enough space to burrow into webs, you give them a nice deep substrate and a nice deep container that allows them some room so that you're not right on top of them when you open up the container, you will usually experience a much shyer and less defensive spider. My female is a sweetheart and I know that's not the norm. And again, going back to that disclaimer I did before that temperament may vary from spider to spider. This is certainly the case with these guys because I know I've spoken to people that have P. murinus that are quite nasty. However, I remember looking at the bite reports on these guys years back and finding a lot of the people that had been bitten were either keeping them in shallow containers or were trying to do pictures and photo shoots with them. If you treat these guys with respect, if you give them the space you need, you will have a much calmer spider. And obviously the OBT or the orange baboon tarantula, which is just one color variant, I do have the Tet, Tet, Tete, I don't know how it's pronounced, T-E-T-E version of it. I also have the brown color form of the original color form of it. And most recently, I just bought another orange color form of it because I want to grow another one up like my female. And if I get a male, so be it. Maybe we'll do some breeding, but absolutely love the OBT. It was one of the ones, and I think for a lot of people, because of that stigma, they see this as like the black belt of tarantula keeping. Like if I can keep one of these, I'm in the big leagues now. I'm an expert keeper, which is kind of silly overall. But I think a lot, even when I got mine, I remember getting it as a tiny sling and I had read all this stuff about how nasty they were. I treated that thing like it was some radioactive alien. Like it was we were doing the rehousings like, oh, here we go. We got to get in. And we were like, it was ridiculous. And then having, you know, spent time with her, grown her up to a big, beautiful adult, having raised other ones. I have other ones I'm raising now. Again, they can be a little high strung. You want to make sure the trick is giving them that space. But if you give them that space, you're going to have a spider that is not unlike most of the other baboon species. Now, if you do corner one, if you do find yourself in a situation where the spider doesn't feel like it can escape or it feels like it's in danger, yes, they are going to throw up the threat posture. And unlike some other species that won't bear the fangs, these guys will have fangs out, bared, venom coming out. They're not playing around. But I think that type of behavior, for the most part, is easily avoidable. And just ask anybody that's kept them and given them. I think the, the trick is a lot of us started keeping them, we'll use the term semi-arboreally, meaning not quite a terrestrial enclosure, but not a full arboreal enclosure. There's still, you know, there's, we just give them more room up top. So that way, if they want to burrow, they can burrow. And if they burrow, you're not going to see it that much. It might be waiting at the top of its burrow for food, but if it's disturbed, it'll go into the burrow. It's not going to come out and try to bite your face off. 
Or if it's one of those ones like mine doesn't do a lot of burrowing, even though I've given her the room for it, she does a lot of webbing, it'll have room to web. Again, the big thing was with these guys is people would keep them in the little shoe boxes like terrestrials with very little substrate. They would web it up and they would web right to the top of that container. So every time you opened up the container to do feeding and maintenance, you have ripped the top off their enclosure. You have completely exposed the spider and now it's going to stand its ground and now it's going to fight because not because it's mean, not because it's evil. I hate that every time I post an OBT video, somebody talks about how evil they are. That's crap. It's because it's scared. It's defending itself. They're not going out to try to kill your whole family because they are evil, nasty creatures. You have them exposed. They think you are going to harm them. So they are going to stand their ground and fight. But awesome spiders. Love them. Love orange spiders. I can't wait to raise up. My brown ones are starting to get a little bit bigger now. I'm starting to see some of that rich brown come in. I'm very excited about having multiples of these guys. These won't be ones where I get rid of the multiples. I will keep multiples of them. And I'm glad to see some people, they're starting to come around again. People are starting to pick them up again because for a while, I think we did such an over-the-top job as a hobby demonizing these warning people. Because again, you want people to know that this isn't a spider that anybody without a lot of experience, I mean, some people can jump right into it, but for the majority of people that have never kept tarantula before, they might still have some fear of tarantulas, not a species to start with. I know there's going to be people that come on and go, they're a great beginner. For some people, they can jump right in the deep end and have no problem. For others, they're going to even just from what they've heard about them, that's going to be in the back of their minds. They're going to come into it being scared. And being respectful of the spider is one thing. Being scared can lead to mistakes. It can lead to bites. It can lead to escape. So you want to make sure that it's not a fear thing. So I think that's why a lot of people get some experience, get your rehousings done, get your, you know, practice setting up enclosures. And then there are great species. One that I really do think should be a hobby staple for folks that are keeping old world species. Everybody should have one. They're just awesome spiders. And at least for today, my favorite old world species that I have, at least until... 10 minutes from now when I'm editing this out and I second guess everything I said. It's the fun thing about these lists. I'm looking at it right now, thinking of different ways I could do it. And I'm even thinking of some spiders that I left off it that I'm going to kick myself in the butt for. So if you're just, and this is my final defense of myself because there's going to be people that come on, you can't help it. You have certain species you absolutely adore and you're come on and go, you didn't have any of these. You didn't have any of this type of genus. You didn't have any of these guys. Just know that at some point I may get some again. I know there was uh, Firmingochylus. I've kept some of those. I've just had bad luck of getting males, so I haven't really had a female yet. Know that someday down the line I may get a female, and that may be one of the ones on the list. It's one of the fun things about doing these lists is they change as you keep more things. So if there's a species that I didn't cover on here, please don't kill me on it. Feel free to recommend that I get one, but just remember the list is for fun, and this is just out of my own experience right now, and this is just my point of view. It doesn't mean these are the quote-unquote best old worlds out there. For me to say that would be absolutely ridiculous. So that will do it for this one. Hope you enjoyed it. It's kind of fun doing something, you know, a little different and a little less, I guess, not so educational, but some people at least that maybe are on the fence about old worlds or thinking about getting old worlds is the type of thing that sometimes will stimulate people to go out and go, you know what, I'm going to give these guys a look-see. And then hopefully some of the ones on the list that I have you haven't seen before, you'll look up and go, hey, these guys are kind of cool. I'll give them a shot. But that will do it for this one. As always, you can find me on thomasbigspiders.com. You can find me on thomasbigspiders on YouTube. Everybody out there, stay safe, be kind. We'll catch you all next time.